0: hello and welcome to challenging silence a podcast by women's health in women's hands community health center we are back again to have
1: much needed discussions about topics related to female genital mutilation or cutting with survivors advocates and community members We're your
0: hosts, Tommy Lola and Sauda. Challenging Silence is brought to you by the Flourish Project, made possible through funding from Women in Gender Equality Canada. You can listen to this podcast series on all major podcast listening platforms and our website, flourishaccess.ca. Please note that this podcast covers topics of
1: sensitive nature, including domestic abuse and violence. To ensure privacy and safety, some guests have chosen to remain anonymous. This podcast is age-appropriate for 16+. plus. Hello, and welcome to another episode. We are once again bringing something different to our listeners. Creativity and advocacy is often used by many to gain the attention of local media, spread a story or cause to a wider audience, and strengthening community movement toward an identified goal. Some common examples include artwork, poetry, giant sculptures with powerful meaning, such as a 24-foot-tall Afro-hair pig sculpture by artist Hank Willis Thomas, placed in Lafayette Square in New Orleans to help foster radical and political awareness and activism murals that were commonly made in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. In this episode, we will be exploring creative outlets in the form of art, literature, music, and filmmaking as a means for survivors and advocates to break the science and bring attention to FGMC eradication and survivor support. In a TED talk about how to end FGM in our lifetime, Julia Lalia Maharaj, the founder of the Oracare project, pointed out that, or else people understand that they have a human right to access things, we can't embed change. One way to do so at people's comfort level of understanding was to song, dance, drama, and conversation.
0: In our research, we first landed on Sini Sanuman, which means health tomorrow, in the local Bambara language in Mali, West Africa. Sini Sanuman is an organization founded in 2002 by Malians who were involved in the pledge against excision based in the capital city of Bamako. We found that Sini Sanuman and the community members they work with have utilized various creative platforms in Mali to educate people about FGMC prevention. For example, with a 2001 grant from the Canadian Centre for International Cooperation and Study, the organization's executive director, Susan McLucas, with the help of well-known Mali musicians, produced an album called Stop Excision. Which contains eight songs about FGMC and four songs about women's rights in five local languages. The songs were played by local radio stations, and the most popular song, I Abandon, has a music video that has been played over 6,000 times to date. Sini Sanuman also utilized the power of images for those who can't read or write by creating posters to convey the violence of the act of FGMC in Mali. The use of images and music got people talking about FGNC in Bamako and continues to make a positive impact through pledges against excision and empowering excisors to abandon their practice. In
1: 1989, Joy Walker, the founder of Women Issues Communication Service Agency, created a traveling museum of paintings and sculptures to fight FGM in Nigeria. Various Nigerian artists submitted different artworks to the theme of female general mutilation, the suffering, the sorrow, the setback. The first exhibit opened in Lagos in 1989. The artworks had traveled to various parliaments in Europe by 2002. and exhibited showed in selected United States universities in 2006. The exhibits have made a significant contribution to the ongoing fight against FGM and shed light
0: on the situation of survivors and those who are at risk. In Belgium, there is GAMS Belgium, which was founded in 1996 by Kadida Tu-Dialo, with GAMS standing for Group for the Abolition of Female Genital Mutilation. GAMS coordinates the network of concerted strategies for fighting against female genital mutilation and is one of the co-founders of the End FGM Europe Network. Their take on creative advocacy comes from their hashtag Meet Your Click campaign to celebrate the 2022 International Day of Zero Tolerance to Female Genital Mutilation. This campaign turned the spotlight on the clitoris by using a giant 5-meter tall clitoris that stood on the Palace de la Manoa, which is a major square in central Brussels. Equipped with stickers, the GAMS team encouraged those who passed the giant inflatable structure to take a picture with it and post it on social media. This creative advocacy aimed to educate all women about a little-known part of their body and raise awareness of the work done by GAMS to protect girls at risk and support survivors of FGMC.
1: In the UK, the Vanvengers is a survivor led organization standing with and for every woman affected by FGMC and other forms of violence against women and girls. The Vanvengers began as an arts collective, bringing together artists, activists, and survivors to unite against the cause through events and creating open spaces where art and creative expression could engage and educate people and spark conversations. They have built a community of visual artists musicians, and poets who use their craft to tell stories of women, girls, and inequality, their work exuding both reality and hope.
0: Podcasting is another creative outlet to raise awareness for a cause, just like what we are doing with the Challenging Silence podcast. The NFGM European Network and some of their partners created the Purple Chair podcast in 2020. In collaboration with the network's youth ambassadors, the aim of the Purple Chair podcast was to build the capacities and skills of a team of young women from FGM-impacted diaspora communities across Europe. They used this platform to amplify and empower youth voices and promote youth social entrepreneurship, as well as the increasing use of digital tools among young activists engaged in FGM. The podcast features 10 young activists and 9 episodes with conversations about taboo topics. In
1: Canada, the End FGM Canada Network introduced Ms. Clitty, a sassy no-nonsense clarist that speaks the truth about female reproductive anatomy in FGMC. The NFGM Canada Network is a non-partisan group of individuals and organizations working to end female genital mutilation or cutting and support survivors both in Canada and abroad. Similar to Meet Your Clit, Ms. Clitty aims to help spark conversations about the clitoris, breaking down barriers around sensitives of this topic, change hearts and minds, and demystify the clitoris and remove the shame and stigma often associated with it. The Miss Clitty campaign includes an easy cut and sew design for individuals to make their own dolls, coloring sheets, and printable posters. You can visit endfgm.ca to print the coloring sheets and the design pattern to make your own Miss Clitty doll. When you do, don't forget to share and tag End FGM Canada Network on social media.
0: Joining us to speak more about creative advocacy is Miriam. She is a former board member of the NFGM Canada Network and one of the creators of Miss Clitty, and she's here to provide us more details about it. Welcome, Miriam, and please introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you very much, Tammy, for having me. My name is Miriam
2: Abdelkadir. I am from Kenya. I have been in Canada for the last four years, and I am a survivor of female genital mutilation and my identity is all just a survivor. I've been a survivor, yes, but I became an educator, an advocate, a researcher in this field because I would want it to end with me. So this is basically a field that I have taken to be my personal endeavor. So thank you very much for inviting me to speak about something that I consider to be my personal calling.
0: Thank you, Marion, for joining us and we really appreciate you being here today. Uh, The first question I have for you is, can you tell us about the birth story of the Miss Clitty doll and what was the inspiration behind the idea and how the process was brought to life?
2: Yeah, Miss Clitty is a global ambassador and Miss Clitty is is a doll or a friend or a hat that you can use to start questioning uh, stereotypes. And the idea behind it was just basically the fact that it is even so difficult to name the parts of the female genitalia that are cut in in, in FGM. We keep saying FGM, we keep saying FGMC, we keep saying external female genitalia. These have just become buzzwords, have become the elephant in the room. But when you actually mention and say it's the clitoris that is cut, or you even go down to a community, like I come from the Somalia, and we call it the kinter. And when I say Kintil, there's an ouch around it. And unless we are able to really talk about these organs, I don't think we, we are able to like talk about uh, saving them or, or defending you know, the importance of, of, of these organs. So the whole idea was basically to normalize, being able to talk about the female genitalia. In many communities, the female genitalia is shamed. The female genitalia is considered somewhere you don't mention, like, you know, you say down there, it's easy for us to say, you know, like that's a productive organ, but saying something like vagina, glitter like, it's just so hard. And even medically, if you look, the number of researchers on, for example, penis or the, the male organs is much more. Like, you see, there's this, this generally. Um, from sort of like sidelining and silencing and really not being comfortable to talk about. So Giselle uh, and myself, being the co-chairs of the NFGM network, then had a conversation. Sometimes back, I would say like two years back, two and a half years, because the idea began and before it was crafted, there was, there was a couple of like thinking around it. So I had a short video on my social media, and I said, Let's stop cutting the kinter and let's love our girls and love their kinter. And there was an uproar and there was a backlash, and I was name Cold. They always knew there was an out around it, there was silence around it, but like there was an outpouring on social media of, of me and being shamed and castigated. And so that's, that's where this whole idea, you know, like as we were talking and debriefing on, on all this backlash that I was housing I was having. Giselle was like, okay, Kintu is specific to a community. Let's make her a global ambassador. Let's see what the world would say. And that's where Miss Clitty comes in and because it's it's encompassing everything that we wanted to to be able to talk about. And it's all part of the whole agenda of of social norms change. Because if we are, unless we are able to touch and say and be able to get to the bottom and know the values around it or, or the stories or the meaning you know we won't be going far with this 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 agenda so in short it was to mon- normalize and I remember the very first Miss Cliti was actually designed by a young high school student in Vancouver. And she came up with, with this nice head you know, of the hardship. And that's one thing I like because we want to love the clitoris. It's the essence of love. We need to be able to love and, and, and protect it. And so um, that young girl is the one who first designed, like we had the idea, but she put it like the first vision. The nice, cute, non-threatening doll that we were thinking of. And then it was it was taken up by another young woman also in her twenties, uh, Sophie, and she developed what we currently have. So there's been a whole like thinking around what it's the image, the message, and the messages around it. The first message was first of all to be able to name the the clitoris in so many different languages. Kintil, it is in Somali, for example, Father, I think in Arabic. Uh, in, in Swahili, like we had all these clitoris in English, we had all these different languages. So, this was the first. So, you had how you have her picture, and then all these different names that uh, the clitoris is called, so that pe- people begin to acknowledge this is an organ, important organ that is in the body that has a function. And then all the other messages also diffuse in the messages. You know, if, for example, in my community, the clitoris is considered dirty. It's considered it will smell and it will make the girls stink. Those are some of the uh, reasons behind cutting it. So, how do we begin now to to quest to to address those these stories around it? Also, like basically like the devil incarnate. In many communities, they think it's the clitoris that will make their girls rave mad sexually and become sexually insatiable, which is not true. So. The messages around now, trying to have messages like you know, love me, pleasure me, and then with the with the with the heart, just something nice that can can pull in everyone and make everyone comfortable around to begin these conversations. Because because it's years and centuries and generations of 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 silence around the clitoris and not being able to to say it. So it's not going to be an overnight thing. So. This is where Miss Clitty comes in. It's the ambassador to normalize being able to talk about the female organs, the clitoris, the clitoris that is being cut, that is heated, that is chopped off. And we are saying, no, let's leave the clitoris intact. Yeah, I hope that answers.
0: Yes, yes, that answers the question. Thank you for providing that insight into the development of Miss Clitty. And there's one great point that you made that I wanted to re highlight. As you said, if we can't talk about the clitoris, how can we save girls at risk? How can we help survivors reach their optimal woman's mm-hmm. health? And there is a silence, stigma, and shame that surrounds the female genital organs, and it needs to end. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Miss Clitty is um one way that we're making that change globally.
2: Yeah, sure. And Miss can be an ambassador for a lot of um. Other issues now that are related, not just necessarily only FGM, but other related issues. For example, you've, you've really touched on very important, like reproductive health. You know, um, FGM is, is 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 an is an issue that that affects women's reproductive health definitely, and 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 all you know issue of love and essence and because if we love our girls uh, enough we wouldn't want them to be hurt. If we love the clitoris enough and know its function and understand its purpose, we wouldn't be thinking of getting rid of it. I don't think there's anyone who would devalue the eyes and say, yes, let's gouge the eyes out or let's cut the tongue off. But look at what is happening to the clitoris. So this is what we need to be able to do a lot of education or avenues like be able
1: to be open to to understand women's bodies and how they function thank you for sharing such significant information when miss clitty was released what was the public reception locally in canada and globally what impact would you say has made yeah i think miss miss clitty uh, like officially
2: might have been released like a year and a half or a little more than a year, a year and a half ago. And uh, since then, we're all cognizant of the fact that what we are facing is a social norm around the norm of silence, around the clitoris, not uh, like shaming them and and seeing uh, the clitoris and other, you know, like the labias or even the vagina, like this shameful organ that needs not to be talked about in many communities. We, we're we very intentional about where we want Miss Clity to go and the, the goal we have around Miss Clity being that ambassador that opens up doors and conversations and knowledge and understanding and appreciation and protection and love at the end. But we also know that just like any other social norm, that would take time. So we were not like in a hurry to really like find oh what's the reception, what has been the evaluation and all this. But of course, from the release time, we do have information around, you know like sometimes uh, there was a workshop. Um, I think it was in Ottawa end um, of Canada Network was invited and the dolls were brought, and we do have photos of some ministers in Canada and members of parliament taking photos with with Miss Cliy. Internationally, I think it has been received much louder maybe than than in Canada. The silence is still much more here. Like when we saw Miss Clitty uh, gracing uh, the cover of uh, an international foreign affairs magazine in Sweden. I mean, that says a lot. When here in Canada, we uh, actually um, still have not yet come to a place where even CBC can make a story about the clitoris or, or, and, you know, the, the women in Italia in general, um, even though they have stories around the, the male organs, the teenies, they've, so we haven't gotten to, to, to a level where the uptake, you know, at home, I think uh, we see a lot of groups outside uh, when they have workshops, women groups, we've seen youth, we've seen... People taking um, Clitty, uh, campaign, I uh, mean, dolls, making dolls, like making dolls in Mexico, making dolls back in Kenya, um, or people coloring, you know, um, the disability uh, drawings that you can get on the on the website, but we are not worried, so worried about that silence because social norms do take time and different people at different levels it's not the same for everyone Um, in Canada it's a bit disappointing that generally FGM work is not receiving uh, as much attention and as much uh, um, support as it should especially from government from media from civil society and as a person who has been like an ambassador, an advocate in this field for a long time. I was really shocked. Like, that was a big shocker for me. Not only is there silence, but even when you bring it up, like like people are scattering away and running, they don't even want to talk about it. That was a big shock for me. I'm still yet to come to terms with it. I'm still yet to come to terms with the fact that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau did not even make a statement this past International Zero Tolerance Day. That was very disappointing. But as I said, and I'll reiterate that uh, changing social norms takes time. For as long as we are consistent and we are persistent and we are always there, the information will be taken however slow. So Miss Clitty will rock that red carpet, will be that ambassador for so many different things. But right now we are really happy with the reception there is and it's growing. So it's slow but steady.
1: It's unfortunate how Canada is its considered like a multicultural country, but it's still mm-hmm. this silence of FGMC. But how, mm-hmm. however, um, the clearly provides hope, especially to different mm-hmm. countries. You mentioned Mexico, Kenya, and different countries and having these mm-hmm. discussions about FGMC.
2: Yeah, it's very disappointing, but uh, I always say let's just drop four excuses. The excuse of thinking you're interfering with people's culture. The excuse of thinking you are imposing your own culture or you're being racist or colonial. Nobody thinks about those four things. When we talk, for example, beating, you know, like children, which is violent. There is There are people who have the norm of thinking. That's how they discipline their children. Nobody has ever given them any room, any excuse to, to say, oh, you know, but, you know, we, we might be interfering with it. No, we all know and accept it is wrong. Imagine cutting girls' organs is getting all this silence.
0: And would you have any advice or words of encouragement to the youth who are or want to use art and creativity in advocating for gender equality, human rights, and ending gender based violence? We know that there are youth in Canada and in other diaspora communities who also want to speak out against gender-based violence and FGMC because they know it's still happening to their communities in their country of origin. So what words of advice would you give when they want to use creativity for this advocacy?
2: Creativity is very, very, very crucial, especially in in this advocacy uh, of wanting to end uh, female genital mutilation. It's a very hard, very challenging topic. Like it's such a bad thing that any human being should be able to just see it and not just, it should just end here and now. But again, we know there are chains, there are norms, there are stories that keep feeding and keep uh, making people believe that it is, quote unquote, the thing to do. So we need creativity, we need humour. When when people are in a room and there's humor and they are relaxed, that is when people's true feelings even come to the fore. Like if you really wanted to know what they were thinking or they were planning or uh, what they could do, or that's 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 a point at which you can actually catch people. So creativity is needed, and and to be honest, even with, with the skilling uh, campaign, the NFGM Canada Network is open to have volunteers. Let them bring their their creativity to the board. We need stories that counter the stories that are there now. We need the humour that really speaks about the importance of protecting girls from GMCs. We need to start breaking this wall of silence, chip by chip, brick by brick. And I think creativity and art is, is one way. There are so many other ways, but it is also one very important way. So I would encourage them to be able to get up and really be part of this whole agenda and bring their creativity to the table.
0: Thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today for this discussion about creative advocacy. We really, really appreciate the insight that you've provided, not just about the creation of Miss Clidian, the mm-hmm. strides that the doll has made globally, but also the advice you've given regarding how we can't stop with the advocacy and encouraging survivors and protecting girls at risk. Um, it doesn't end until we are in a society where people can openly talk about the clitoris and openly stand and say that we should not be cutting the clitoris it is a normal part of the female body and every girl deserves to live her life without any trauma of experiencing fgmc so thank you once again for for joining us today
2: thank you for having me i really appreciate
1: taking time with you guys on this topic From our search for creative outlets and our discussion with this episode's guests, here are a few things we have learned. Working closely with local allies will allow for great access to the communities you are trying to reach. And when we do so, bring your ideas and make suggestions, but let the community or locals take it from there. Try to get famous local people on board in the advocacy work and use music as it is easy to disseminate widely and catchy enough for people to remember the message long term. When it comes to FGMC, you can't just tell people to stop the practice and expect an immediate change. Instead, creating educational programs that allow people to explore, learn, and share knowledge that provides the people with the choice is more effective and long lasting.